0: drinking the milk. (laughs) If you have your Bibles open them up to the book of Acts chapter 10 chapter 10 of the book of Acts I'll be reading uh, beginning in verse 9 reading from the new international version of the Bible and this is what it says about noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word and what you desire to say to us through this story. And I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to hear what the Spirit says to us through these words. Help me to communicate. I pray that you would remove any distraction, Lord, that you would be with us, speak to us, guide us, and let these words bear fruit in our lives. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, and God's people say, amen, amen. Amen. If you were to read this story from perhaps the, the, the previous chapter, even going all the way back to the beginning of the book of Acts, and you just follow this story through, you see that God was moving Peter closer and closer to the Gentile world, farther away from his Jewishness. He was a Jewish man, but God was moving him out of his Jewishness into the Gentile world to minister to Gentile people. Uh, Do I need to change microphones? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Testing. Amen. I was about to say, I am Sir Knows. <laughs> but all right. You got it? Okay, there we go. All right. So, so God was moving him outside of what he was familiar with uh, into uh, just a whole new way of thinking. And that's hard to do. It's hard to make that kind of transition. But if you were to read the passages before, you'll see that he was... In his Jewish ways, uh, living in his Jewish customs, and it was always Peter that would always remind people of, uh, you know, just the fact that he was kind of entrenched, uh, you know, inculturated. Jewishness was his life, and he expected that from other people. He was he was a Jew, and you would expect that. I mean, he dressed like a Jew, he ate like a Jew, he acted like a Jew. And this is true of all Jews. In fact, it's true of all people. People live out who they are and what they are and how their lives are shaped. He lived according to those particular holidays. They celebrated certain things as a Jew. But God wanted to move him further outside of his Jewishness into a world that God wanted him to become acquainted with, to reach people. There are some certain people that God wanted for him to touch. And, and God knew that the, his Jewish nature and some of the restrictions in his Jewish life would become a hindrance for him to be able to reach across to these people that God had in mind, particularly a man by the name of Cornelius. It's funny how God was already setting up in Cornelius's life This idea that someone is going to pray for you. There's a man by the name of Peter they had never met before. But at the same time that God was dealing in Peter's life, God was showing up in Cornelius' life, showing him that, hey, there's a guy named Peter and he's living in this house and I want you to go visit this guy. And God had been speaking to him in dreams and in visions, doing a work in his life. So this is exactly the way God does these kinds of things in our lives, right? So it would have been fine for him to stay exactly as he was until God calls you to do something else. Jesus had told them, you know, who knows how long prior to this, that um, anything you eat is, un- is, is, is okay, it's, it's clean. All foods, he had declared all foods clean in Mark chapter seven, verse 19. And so he, Jesus had already begun to call Peter outside of his sheltered Jewish existence. And here again, God is calling Peter to reach a community that was different, calling him out, calling him out. Peter, move and, and, and be different, man. If you were to read this story, you'll see that uh, uh, there, there was a man by the name of Aeneas who was sick uh, and uh, Peter, uh, you know, uh, was called to go and pray for this guy. Now, now there was, uh, uh, you know, a re- persecution for the church. And so the church was hiding out. But God caused the persecution to kind of settle down and, and there was peace. And so it gave him the boldness to leave Jerusalem to venture out over to this place in, in Joppa where this man was living. And, and so he went over to, to Joppa and, and, he w- and he moved from Joppa to Lydda and, and all of these cities that he would not have gone into had it not been for God creating circumstances. God was creating these circumstances to move him. to to get him out of this place, to get him out of his sheltered existence, to get him out of his neighborhood, to get him out of the context of his life, to move him outside. God was creating other kinds of circumstances, events, and things that pushed him away from that sheltered life. You may remember that uh, uh, they were at the time when Jesus had died and, and had resurrected uh, the Jews were you know or, or the disciples were like a like a Jewish community in an upper room there's one hundred and twenty of them, and the first thing that God did to get them to break out was to begin to speak in other languages to speak in the languages of other people, the nations it, that should have been a sign to him that hey God wants us to reach the world that that we're stuck in our way of thinking, stuck in the way that we 're living, and God was calling them out so God, for, 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 for Peter's sake, God was calling him. God was doing things in the world to move him so that he can do what God had event, uh, you know, eventually wanted him to do. And all along, without Peter ever knowing it, he was getting closer and closer to that calling. And I, I would suspect that you and I, there have been events in our lives that just don't make sense to us we've lived through things and experienced things and we have no clue what it is god is doing but chances are he is moving you closer and closer to the place that he wants you to be because he has a per- a purpose for your life and so it was here in this place that god began to reveal to peter not only uh what god wanted to say and do in his life But also, he was doing something in other people's lives to bring them together. God waited for the perfect timing to begin to spring his plan on Peter. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 9, it was about noon, right? Right about the time when you start feeling hungry, you know, right about the time when, when, you know, lunch should be uh, served. It says it was about noon the following day. As they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. And, and houses had this flat, uh, you know, rooftop that you can just go up and hang out on, on the roof. So he went up to pray. And the Bible says that he became hungry, right? God wanted to use that. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. Perfect moment. You want something to eat? God says, here, here, let me let me show you some things. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet, being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's response was surely not Lord. And what is funny is that word Lord means master, means, and and the idea of master, that you are the master, I am the servant. You tell me what to do, and I do it. That's what Lord means. Master, you're the one in charge. So he's saying, Surely not, you who are in charge. I'm not going to do what you're charging me to do. I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do. Three times God called him to kill and eat, and three times Peter refused. If you can imagine that, this is the same Peter who, whenever Jesus says, Hey, this is what we're going to do, he would argue with Jesus. He would argue with Jesus. He would, he would he, he, in one instance, he rebuked Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And, and you know, and this, and he says, surely not. And, he, and the Bible says he rebuked him. He always had an idea of what was right, an idea of what was appropriate, an idea of where he needed to be, where he needed to go. And this is true here in this story as well three times god tried to get peter to pursue something that was outside of the boundaries of his culture and peter refused three times god tried to get peter to step outside of his jewishness this was god he's lowering down these animals kill and eat man you're hungry here's some food for you food from heaven kill and eat slaughter some of these animals right and he refused Flat out refused. I sent out an email this this uh, last night actually, and uh, to to the preachers. We have uh, several people who are on the preaching team, and I sent out this email and, and I, I always explain to them what I'm going to be talking about, and ask them a few questions. and And uh, Linda responded uh, uh, this morning or, or late last night. I was like, "Man, what's she doing up so late?" You know. <laughs> Um, but she, she responded, and uh, she understood exactly what God was calling Peter to do, and, and she explained it well. She, she, she compared this image and what God was asking Peter to do, uh, it would be similar to God asking you to eat some, like, dog meat. Now, if you can imagine that, see, th- this food that God was showing Peter was unclean to the Jews, These were animals that were considered unclean. And this was a prescription God had given to the Jewish people simply to make them distinct and different. It was simply to make them stand out in the world. I want you to be separate from the world and different, but the times of separation are over. They're over. Jesus says, hey, you can eat whatever. And the the foods won't restrict, you're not restricted from anything. Go ahead and eat whatever. So if you could imagine this image coming down at this particular time, it would be kind of like the, the first century equivalent of an in and out commercial, you know, right when you're hungry and you, and you see this, this image of a double-double and fries, you know, with a large strawberry shake coming down out of heaven. Right there before, and you're like, like reaching out. You know, you want to grab it, you know. And, and it's coming down before you, and, and right when you're about to take a bite, you discover that it's 100% German Shepherd. Right? And the milkshake is made out of like genuine cat milk. <laughs> the, the only question I would have was like, who, who milked the cat? <laughs> you know, like, like how? Regardless of how hungry you may be, regardless of what time of day it is, this picture would be so inconsistent with what you're used to. That's not the food I eat. How could God ask me to do something that I'm not accustomed to? Right. And and so without hesitation, I, I would assume that we would refuse God as well. We, Even though it was God who was speaking to us, I would assume that we would probably say the same things. Surely not. I've never eaten that. Surely not, Lord. I, I can't eat that. I, I've never eaten that. And there are people perhaps all around the world who would jump at the chance. You yeah, know, I've got some German shepherd. Praise the Lord, you know. Praise the Lord, you know, and, and they may uh, indulge in it. And, and that might be a part of their customs and their culture. But the point is, is that it goes against your nature. What God is asking him to do is is not consistent with his nature, is incongruent with his culture, with his nature. And, And God is asking him to do something that is just not me to do. Would God do that? Absolutely. God will do that. That's exactly what God is doing here. This image was an invitation from God. It was an invitation for something new. To step out and to do something new. God was calling Peter into a whole new way to experience life. A whole new realm of existence. God wanted Peter to let go of all of his restrictions. Let go of all of those things that bind you in your culture. That bind you in your past. Peter was locked in a prison of routine practices. A routine lifestyle. And God is saying today is the day I'm calling you out of that into something brand new, because I have a new direction for you. Amen? Whole new direction for your life. And if you can imagine, it was so different, so different than what he was accustomed to, that it was easy to argue with God. If you can imagine yourself, what does it take for you to argue with God? What would it take? What kind of conversation that God shows up in your life and talks to you about something and says to you, my son, my daughter, this is what I want you to do. No, well, I ain't gonna do that. And then he tells, no, this is what I want you to do. And I ain't gonna do that. And three times, and God comes to you and reveals to you his purpose. Sometimes we pray, God, show me your will. We'll fast. God, show me your will. We search search the Bible. We ask for advice from people. God, show me your will. Three times he tried to reveal his purpose and his will in a new direction for Peter's life. And he refused. He refused to receive what God had for him. This is true of us. This is true of us. When all of our possibilities for today are shaped by the experiences we had yesterday, all of a sudden, this becomes true about us. The same thing happens to us. When we are so shaped... By our past experiences, so shaped by the things that we've experienced in life, the, the up, our upbringing, our way of life, the pattern of living, whatever it may have been. When we are so shaped by things that have impressed themselves into our lives, when God says, hey, this is the new direction, it is hard for us to break free. The old lingo, the old ways of life, the old patterns, behaviors, gestures, whatever it may be. And God himself is having a difficult time revealing new things to his people, providing new direction for his people. Because in our minds, we know better than God. In Peter's mind, I know better than you do. We think that we know what's right or what's proper or what's true. Because we take our cue from the neighborhood. We take our cue from the past, our past experiences, without ever questioning the validity of those experiences in the first place. Is this right? Do people grow up like this? Is this how it's supposed to be? God, what do you have for me? And God shows us exactly what he has for us, and we argue with God. That's not where I want to go. That's not what I want to do. That's not how I want to use my life and and, and my gifts. I, I, I wasn't brought up that way. I'll never leave out of this place, this condition, this neighborhood. Hello. So like Peter, we too might argue with God. When the vision is new, when the vision is new, it is hard to receive. When the vision is new, it is it is unthinkable to, to, even, to even consider that God would ask me to do such a thing. When the vision is new, it's unfamiliar. We, we assume that it has to be something I like. God is gonna ask me to do something I like. God is not gonna ask me to do something that He likes, that He wants. Our theme this month is to detangle ourselves. To be free from whatever constrains us. Our our theme is about really considering what is it that keeps me bound, that keeps me, that holds me back, that keeps me from experiencing the fullness of what God has for my life. What is it that keeps me back like a leash, man? We need to cut that thing. Whatever it is that keeps us from experiencing all that God has for us. That's our theme, to detangle ourselves. And as we aim towards discovering whatever God's uh, uh, plan for our lives, that God-given purpose that he has for us, whatever it means uh, for us, whatever it means for us to discover what that is, man, we need to to strive to find out what that might be. God has a plan. God is calling us somewhere to something, a God-given plan. It matters greatly that we ask ourselves, what is God trying to show me? What is God, what does he want for my life? Has he let down a sheet full of, of possibilities for you, the way he let down this sheet for Peter? I, the, the strange image, strange uh, uh, image that he had as, as God was showing him these things. But, but what possibilities has God tried to show you that you've never considered before? Things that, that, not, that, they're not coming from you because if it came from you, it would be consistent with your own past, with your own experiences, things that you're familiar with, things that you enjoy. What possibilities, what possibilities could there be that God can bring before you, could, could place upon your heart that, that would just show up in a dream or as you're sitting there daydreaming. And many believe that this trance that he fell in, he was just sitting there on the roof waiting for the food, waiting for the food that he knew somebody was cooking for him. And then God says, you know, God kind of beat them to the punch. Here's some food, kill and eat. And it had meaning to it, more than just satisfying his flesh. Man, this is my direction for your life. But it wasn't consistent with the possibilities he had in his own mind. God has lowered a sheet full of invitations toward a whole new way of thinking. But I wonder if we would receive it. I wonder what would happen if God called us out of the old patterns of our lives. I just want to, just a bit of advice is don't fight God. Don't fight God. And it's easier to say than to do. But don't argue with the wisdom of God. Let God lead you whenever God wants to show you something new, the biggest obstacle for Peter was not the devil. The biggest obstacle for Peter, if you read the story, the the devil's not even in the picture. It was not even the persecution. It was not the trials. It wasn't the world. It wasn't the tribulations. The biggest obstacle for Peter was Peter. It was Peter. Peter was so entrenched, so embedded that he couldn't even imagine a world that was different than his own. He was so deeply rooted in his culture, so deeply rooted in his upbringing, so deeply rooted in a way of life that he thought was real. This is the way it's gotta be, that he carried the lingo, He carried the dress. He carried the customs. He carried all of that into every new relationship, every new circumstance, every new situation. Man, cut that stuff loose. You're not there anymore. You're not there anymore. God has called you into a new place. There are people today who carry with them the experiences of their past. And you see it, man. And, and wherever they wherever they go, man, they they carry. They got the, you know, the their, you know, old stuff. They're carrying baggage with them. Like, hey, what, what's all that? Oh, oh, is this my past? You know, I got you know little trinkets from my prison cell over here, and I got um, you know uh, traumas and and what what do you need? You know, they got it all. They carry all every aspect of their of their past. It's in their language. It's in their attitude. It's it's in the the way we act and and live. It's in everything that we do. It is so enmeshed in our lives. And God is calling him out of that. He's calling us out of it. He's calling me out of that. Because God wants to take us someplace that we've never been. Experiences might limit us. Of course, God wants to. He can use that. You know, he can use those things. But experiences could limit us from being the light that God wants us to be to other people. Aspects of the neighborhood, aspects of prison life, those traumas and fears, suspicions and doubts, those uh, ideas that we have about other people, you know, all those things that we carry with us into new relationships, into new circumstances that don't belong in those circumstances. God says, leave that here. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I have something new for you to experience, new for you to take in, new for you to take on into your life. What had been unclean for centuries, God has now made clean for Peter. Man, this has so much meaning. This means so much to us because, I mean, it's the same thing as God saying that you're declaring you to be clean. The day we come to Christ and we say, you know what, God, I want to surrender my life to you. We, we make the altar call. We just say, God, forgive me of my sin. And he touches you. And in that instant, you become clean. What God has made clean is forever clean. You have become clean in his eyes. Right. You don't have to go back to the world. You don't have to go back to you don't have to doubt what you you know God has done in your life. You don't have to begin to question God. Did you really make and, and make altar call after altar call after altar call questioning what God has done in your life. What he has done. He has done. Accept it. Live in it. Grow up in it. Let it shape your life the way you think. All too often, many times we come to God and we and then we begin to doubt and question Has anything really happened in my life? When the enemy starts lying to us and those old thoughts begin to come back, has has he really changed me? Of course he has. What God has made clean, he's made clean. Be clean. Come out from among them. Be different. Stand on your feet, man, and walk forward. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Live for him because God has done something in your life. This was a powerful thing that God was showing Peter it's a powerful thing that God is showing us. What had been unclean for centuries for the Jews. It's like a new day. Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Let go of what bound you in the past. You know, break away from all that. And this morning, today, you might be hungry for something. And, and, and what Peter hungered for, he had no clue. God had something else for him. But God used his hunger. But you might be hungry for something. You might envision yourself, just like Peter, sitting there waiting. I know the food is coming. You might be thinking, man, I'm waiting for that thing to come. I'm waiting for that thing, the thing that I desire, the thing that I am hungry for. I desire this thing in my life. And you have this idea of what it is. You have this concept of what it is. But the concept sometimes is wrong because God has something else that he wants to fill your life with. God has something else that he wants to do in your life. And we have no clue because we're shaped by the the past experiences that we carry into this present moment. And so today, if you're hungry, God may catch you at the right time, that right moment in your life, the way he caught Peter at noon when he was hungry, wanted something to eat. And just in that moment when he sat there waiting for the food, you could probably smell it cooking, you know, and he falls into this trance and he's just there and he's thinking and, and all of a sudden he sees God lowering down this food that, man, I, I never ate that. Wait a minute, that's, the, that's like the wrong image. That's the wrong dream. Let me, let me erase that one. Let me, let, me, let me get the right dream. Let me, get the right, let me see the right kind of thing, the thing that I'm accustomed to, the thing that I would prefer over what God wants to give me. Today, you might be hungry for something, but the vision God shows you may not be what you're expecting. This morning, we need to take hold of what God has for us. We need to trust God's wisdom, but in order for us to do that, we need to be free and detangle ourselves from the prison of our past. Our past can become a prison It can lock us into a way of thinking and a way of being that God never intended for for you to, to have in the first place. God never intended the trauma and the fears and the dangers and suspicions. God never intended for you to be shaped in some of the ways that we've been shaped that cause some kinds of of issues in our lives today that make it difficult sometimes for us when we relate with other people, when we find ourselves in circumstances that we simply just can't cope. God never intended those things, yet those things become the standard in our decision-making today. God says, cut those things loose. Throw away the old paradigm. Throw away the old way of thinking. I want to take you into a new place. This is exactly what he was doing in Peter's life. And I would encourage you to read this story. Because just at the moment, as he's arguing with God about this this food that God wanted him to eat, this unclean food. And Peter is repeated three times. Lord, I don't eat that stuff. I've never eaten that stuff. This is not a part of my life. The vision was taken back into heaven. And then these guys come knocking on the door. Cornelius and uh, a couple of other men with him who were Gentiles. People that Peter admitted in verse 28. Man, we never have relations with you. I'm a Jew. No, you're not a Jew anymore. You're a Christian. You're a believer. God has called you out of that. And God was calling him to go with these men until finally later it clicked in Peter's life god is calling me to reach the gentiles now i understand after fighting with god after resisting god after resisting the nudges of the holy spirit the gentle nudges this is this is just like the holy spirit in our lives today just pushing us just gently speaking to us gently with whispering gently into our lives when will we hear what he desires us to do God wants to call you into new things. Are you able? Are you able to walk with him? Are you able to receive what God has for you? I want you to stand with me this morning. So I'd like to pray for us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you were to read in chapter 11 of the book of Acts, Peter explains this whole story. Something Peter says, he said this, he said, so if God gave them, speaking of the Gentiles, the same gift he has given us who believe in in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? to think that I could oppose God. Who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. It took a whole lot. It took a whole lot because Peter was so deeply entrenched. It took a whole lot for God to move him It it takes for some people, you know, and and God being the gentleman that he is, he doesn't force anybody, he doesn't twist anybody's arm and put us in a headlock, uh, you know, and and make things happen. But he will suggest to us, he will reveal to us pictures and dreams, urges, words, sometimes a, a message, you'll hear some message or a Bible study. Or there may be a series of of things that just come into our heart and our minds, and we hear the same thing repeated and, and repeated over and over again. You might hear something in music, or you might see something in a movie or or TV, and it just kind of takes you back to this thing that God is urging you. God is He's in control of all things but he may be urging you through the little things, what seems insignificant, knocking on the door of your heart, trying to get your attention because he loves you and he has a place and a plan for you. But because sometimes we are so stuck, so stuck in a world of our own making, a world of experiences that shelter us and lock us in a prison of expectations that we're not even willing to walk with God. God is calling you out. God is calling you out. And this morning, if you can recognize those things that keep you held back, those things that, 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 that set for you a boundary that are like a hedge that keep you hemmed in, that keep you from experiencing the fullness of God, it is time to break through that stuff and to be the man, be the woman God has called you to be. We need to be free. We need to detangle ourselves. And this morning, God is calling you to respond to his voice. So if that's you, why don't you come? Come to the altar. Father God, I pray. I pray this morning, Lord God, for your purpose and your plan to be revealed in our lives, Lord God. I pray, Father God, just as you called Peter, my God, out of the things that that held him fast, that you would call us, Lord God, that we are not limited by our past. We are not limited by the things, my God, that have shaped us to make us what we are today. We are not limited, Father God. Father God, we are not limited by those things. We are not held back, my God. We are not locked in to a way of being, a way of existing. We are not locked in, my God, by those experiences, the traumas and the fears. We are not locked into the things, my God, that tried to shape us and to make us, my God people, my God, of of a particular place and time. You have called us out of those things. You have called us out, my God, to experience your, your fullness your greatness, Lord God, and I pray, Father God, that we would step beyond the limitations of our lives, step beyond the lies of the enemy, step beyond the flesh, my God, beyond the neighborhood, beyond the things that shaped us, beyond the traumas, Lord God, that we would step beyond, my God, those things that held us fast, my God, that you would break the chains, my God, break the chains, my God, set your people free, Father God, Help us, my God, to imagine, my God, a new way of living, a new ministry, Lord God, a new walk, Lord God, a new imaginary. Father God, move in our lives this morning. Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.